dare to self-care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. This episode is pretty long, honestly. We had so much to talk about and dived so deep into so many topics, which we will chat about in a second. So I'm going to try to keep this intro a little on the shorter end, even though I would love to just chat, chat, chat away with you guys right now. But you know where to find me, TikTok, Instagram, all the things. Let's quickly go over in alignment and out of alignment for this week. If you're new, we go over what was in alignment and out of alignment in my life this week in hopes that you guys will reflect on your weeks as well. Then we breathe in more of what was in alignment and breathe out what was out of alignment and start this new week together. So let's get into what was in alignment. Honestly, it was one of my college friends' birthdays over the weekend, and I just love any excuse to get everyone together. So I can decide to go out. I can, you know, try to make dinner with friends, but to get everyone going out in the same room and then like brunch the next day all in the same weekend is really tough because, you know, we're adults and life is busier than it once was in college. So it was really just so nice to spend so much time with my college friends and went on a double date this weekend, just really got to reconnect with some people that I haven't spent a crazy amount of time with in a while because my schedule is out of control, which was what was out of alignment for me this week. Let's get into it. So I had my first bad period post getting off birth control. Oh my God. You Well, I have my period right now, but the PMS before the bleed, holy shit. Like it was crazy. I was into... Thankfully, it only lasted really a full day. I I felt it creeping on for about another day, but the intense depression I felt was a day, maybe half a day. I could not stop crying. I felt so dark. Like I I was feeling I couldn't shake. And then, of course, you know, you're trying to explain it to your boyfriend and he's like, hey, like, are you feeling hormonal? Are you getting your period? And you're like, that doesn't invalidate my feelings, though. Okay. Like, I still feel it. (laughs) And you like don't want to say that this is clearly from your period because then it feels like you're not validating the actual feelings you're experiencing. Anyway, the feelings were valid. It's just the emotion and the intensity and the gravity we put behind it becomes heightened. So it led to extreme, extreme self-doubt that I've never felt before. I have really believed in myself ever since starting my YouTube channel for years now and have been dedicated to the slow build and just so aligned with doing this that I've never really gotten so caught up in the comparison or the numbers. Obviously, we all experience it once in a while, but I never let it take over me to the point where like, I was feeling depressed for not having hit 10K on any platform. Like, It was really ridiculous, honestly. I just was not believing in myself. I was like, I think what brought it on was I'm hoping to quit one of my jobs because my schedule is just getting so crazy and I need to reel it back in. The whole point that I left my full-time situation was to dedicate more time to YouTube and here I am finding myself still giving all of my energy to all these other jobs because I feel the need to keep up financially with you know my full-time situation, but I need to let go of one of these jobs, I think, and I think I just started spiraling because I was like, if I do this, is it really going to help? Is it really going to go anywhere? I've done things before and it doesn't go anywhere. I want to believe in manifestation, but I just can't see it right now. Anyway, it was just a whole spiral and a half. But the good thing is it allowed me to see the signs that were coming in. So I even made a TikTok. I got invited to this Aloe event and I had already gotten my Rumble Shift covered for my PR job, but then my PR photo shoot got canceled. So now I can attend the aloe event. And then they sent me an outfit. This was like my first PR package that I was like really excited about and athletic greens this week. And it was a full on outfit, the same color scheme that I had been eyeing from aloe for weeks now. And it was the flare pants that I was eyeing for weeks, but it was too expensive. So I never purchased it. And the day after my spiral or the day of, I don't even remember, one of you guys, Rosie, found me in the West Village and was like, oh my God, I watch your stuff. 
like your content is perfect. I love it so much. And a few people had recognized me and it was just all of these signs coming at once. And I was like, you know what? We can't ignore it. We got to just turn a new leaf. I woke up the next day and I was like positive Polly again. So, you know, that moment when you wake up and you're like, oh, fuck, it definitely was my period. But it allowed me to just see all these signs and get excited again once that episode was over. So let's breathe in more what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out all of the PMSing. (laughs) Okay. Quick product recommendation because I want to do these a little more often. Love Sweat Fitness. She is someone I followed on YouTube and Instagram for so long. She does amazing workouts and she came out with this nighttime chocolate powder that you mix into either hot water or milk. And she sent me or her team sent me it and it has L-theanine, melatonin, magnesium, chamomile, chocolate, and like all things that really just helped me pass the F out, but also it helped my speed tooth a lot at night. So that's my new product obsession. And the guest of today is, you might know her as High on Sweat with two T's. Her name is Alana Berlin. She is an all around wellness Instagram queen. She talks about mental health, She talks about fitness, lifestyle, all of the things, and we all just follow her for her aesthetic feed and her realness, and we talk about it all. She talks about grief. So just a quick trigger warning on if you have any triggers with your relationship with your weight and also a conversation towards the end about grief. Both are really healthy, relatable conversations. I'd like to say like the conversation was about going from an unhealthy relationship with weight loss to a healthy relationship with the gym and like how people's comments, whether complimenting you or not can still affect you and the pressures of that. So it's a really relatable, healthy conversation. But in case either of those are triggers for you, feel free to fast forward that part, whichever it might be, because we talk about 20,000 different topics that are so important and relatable and incredible. So I don't want you to miss out on anything else. So we spoke about topics from social media, growing her platform and building the confidence to finally even show her face, to her fitness journey, to quitting her full-time job, to grief and transitioning from an unhealthy relationship with fitness to a healthy one, the recent emphasis on physical appearance online, quitting her full-time job after it was taking a toll on her mental health, how to show up for a friend who is grieving, her advice to you if you are feeling stuck in your grief process, allowing grief to suck, feeling it, all of the things, finding your community of people who can relate to you no matter the hard time you're going through. We just really hit it all and we laughed along the way. So it might seem like a heavy episode, but we were laughing and having such a just really great conversation between friends. So I really hope this helps you in any way. Please send this podcast to a friend if it can help them. Take a screenshot of this episode, post it on Instagram, and hopefully it reaches the people that need it because I really think there's so much value in this episode. Thank you for listening, and let's get right into the episode with Alana. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, Alana. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I feel like for some reason, this is just going to be like a girl chat, like friend to friend. So I'm very excited. I know. So am I. Okay. Before we get into everything, what is your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success? Turn your phone off. Always? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, if if I had the ability, yes. But like, Taking time off of my phone, and I don't mean like putting it in another room, I mean turning it off. Like, I'll do that three, four times a week. Oh, you fully turn it off. Like, you click power off. Power off. And I'll do it especially when I'm home, when I'm at home at my parents, because like I live in the city by myself. So, like, they get nervous that 
like if they can't reach like if I don't have a yeah so like it just like gets like it gets like frustrating but when I'm home I literally just I turn it off and it's like the sanity keeper and I mean like there are times in the city where I'll just call my parents and I'll like just my parents that's all that needs to know because like who cares Mm -hmm. like I'm turning my phone off for an hour because I need like no like I just need to zone out and not worry about what's going like not think worry about what's going on on the screen like whether it be text exchange whether it be emails Instagram stuff like it doesn't matter I turn my phone like it just the off switch is just magical and on the like on the weekends especially when I'm home I let my phone die interesting yeah I do that I put it on airplane mode I try to do it like an hour before bed sometimes it ends up being just like 20 minutes before bed but like whatever it is I try to just go airplane mode like no one can contact me there's no phone time because it's really hard, especially when you're working on social media. It's so tempting to be like, did anyone DM me? Like just like refreshing the notifications, checking your email. Like it's too much. That's like one of my fatal flaws though, is that like I'll get up in the middle of the night, like panicking that I have so much work, like in that, like, oh my God, this is what I have to do. Like, and this is like happen. like this happens like more often than not. I would say like two, three times a week, which is really bad yeah um where I'll get up and like I'll work for two hours in the middle of the night which is just like great like (laughs) it's just like it's I don't know sometimes I find it soothing which I know that sounds like ridiculous like you're soothing you're doing work at like two o'clock in the morning you fucking psych up sorry (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so otherwise like it's just turning my phone off is just like the key to my sanity and, like, I always notice that, like, a correlation between my screen time and my anxiety, like, always, without fail. Interesting. But then you're working in the middle of the night. Is that, like, when you have been off your phone for too long and then you're, like, wait, I have shit to do? Or it's, or it's like, when I wake up in the middle of the night, like, when you know when you, like, subconsciously are making that to-do list. Yeah. Head. The night, like, as you're falling asleep, like, I try not to do the, like, I try to meditate to sleep, like, and do, like, a guided meditation so that, like, my brain is, like, semi-program, like, like, semi-off. Shutting down. Yeah. Like, so it's, but if not, like, we're all subconsciously, I think, making that to-do list and Mm -hmm. because of having work at your fingertips, I think that, like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and, actually just be so confused like be like like get into like this like oh my god I have so much to do mode when it's like it can wait till the morning but I just like you would feel better if you could just get it done so you're like I'm just gonna get it done right exactly I relate with the making the to-do list I think a lot of people do yeah I always have to like I take my phone out and I write it all in a text to myself so that when I wake up like I know I will get a text with my to-do list and I'm not gonna forget anything so that's like how I do it. I'm like, I just need to know that I'm not going to forget about what just came to mind. So like, it's like a reminder to self for tomorrow. And then that like releases it from me. Oh my God. That's brilliant. I have to start doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, so, you know, you're not going to forget. It's going to get done. Sometimes I'll literally put it in my Google calendar to know like tomorrow at one o'clock, this will get done. (laughs) That's so smart. But I feel like I always like forget get things and I'm like wait did I reply to this person did I reply to that I person? oh my god how am I gonna do I don't know like I feel like I spiral it like two o'clock in the morning like a lot of mornings like and it's like <laughs> I bet it's so relatable though to so many people like 100 percent oh yeah like I've spoken to so many people who like have said that they think the same thing and I also yeah. think that before I work completely for myself I was working in a corporate nine to five but it wasn't it wasn't a nine to five yeah no I worked in PR I get it it's not actually nine to five (laughs) um I was doing event management and it was technically nine to five because I didn't have access they were in we were in a union so they needed to pay over like there was like an overtime issue with us having access to email on our phones some of us So like I could only work in the office and I felt so suffocated. Like I hated it. Like it just like it gave me all I wanted to do was like be able to like check my email at home because like I won from my other like 
my first job, I had been used to just like, and like life, like been used to like everything on email. And it was just like, I would wake up with like, also like this mounting anxiety was like, got to get to the office. But right. Like what's in my inbox. Yeah. And like, I felt like if I knew what was in my inbox, I'd sleep better as opposed to like speculating what was in my inbox. And like, also like if I would get up in the middle of the night when I was working and I couldn't do anything, I would literally, right. just, and I felt useless because I also knew that I had so much to do. So like, I feel like now I'm just like overcompensating for like what I didn't have. Well, it sounds like you're very self-aware about everything that- That's one thing I do have to yeah. do. <laughs> well, if there's one thing we're self-aware. So I do want to get into all of this though. Like you started your social media account and it's all about mental health, wellness, fitness, all of the things. And you also are talking about how you were at a corporate job. So when did- your social media account come into play and why did you start putting yourself out there online? Cause I feel like it wasn't like the age of the influencer yet. So nope. at that point, I'm always curious, like what made you start? Okay. So we're coming up on my anniversary on Tuesday, my five-year anniversary, which is the craziest thing in the wow. world. What's your anniversary date? Like the 22nd, March 22nd. But like, is it like starting your channel? When I, when I started it. So for my entire life, like I would say like from literally like from as like early as I can remember to my freshman year in college, I was the queen of the yo-yo diets. I would say to everyone, like I would lose five pounds, gain 10. I would do all these crazy diets starting at a very, very young age because at a young age, I was bullied because of my weight, like st- really starting as young as I can remember. So I kind of had been known as the girl who yo-yoed, if that makes it. Like, I had Mm -hmm. never been so consistent. And then fast forward to freshman year, and I came home from college. I I went to Syracuse University, and I came home from college, and it was the time between, I always say camp and school, Mm -hmm. between, like, camp and school. Like yeah. I was working. No, I get it. I feel like I'm between camp and school. And usually that time had been like two weeks, like in the, like when I was in high school or what, like prior to this point in my life. And then now I had two months and I was like, like panicked and actually slipped into a very deep depression. And it was the first time I had slipped into depression. And that's like when I started medication and whatnot. But long story short, during that time, I was looking for this release. I was bored. And in the past, I'd always gone to the gym and like killed myself at that means. Like I had gone with the intention of like going on the scale before and then going on the scale after. Like, trust me, these are the absolute worst habits. And like, like, I can't believe I used to do this. But so I would like Everything was focused on my weight. This was a time where like this like May to June period where I started to go to the gym because one, I was bored and two, I was noticing how much it was starting to impact my mental health. And it was the first time in my life, I always say that I started to work out with zero expectations. I had, I was not, I was not there for the scale. I wasn't it was, it wasn't my intention. Like I wasn't going to lose weight. And so how did you get to that point through therapy or it just like evolved naturally? I had always been someone who went to the gym. You're going to laugh at me, but everyone (laughs) does this. Um, The gym was like kind of the social club when we were younger. I get it. Yeah. Um, based off of who I was dating or like on in, like was crushing on at the time I used to, we all went to the same gym. Yeah. Like I used to have (laughs) my gym schedule based on like if one was going at four and the other one was going at six, like, you know, I needed to be there at four and six, but like that tiny time in between, like, (laughs) like 
look good for the next round. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so it was like, it's funny because I always like say like, I literally used to have a schedule based on like who I was dating, like, or. Yeah, we all went to the same gym in high school too. And I it was a hundred percent just like a thing to do. And like, you wanted to look cute, like 100%. But, like, I had always gone, like, yeah, like, I'm going to work out. Like, I got to look like I'm working out. Like, and I was trying to lose weight. But, like, this was a point in my life where I, like, I had the gym as the outlet. And it was kind of just, like, where I I gravitated towards it. It wasn't – it was, like, it was it was natural. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. like – it was for the first time it wasn't forced. I wasn't going for any guy. It wasn't going, like, to see any guy. I wasn't going for anyone except for myself. And it was – from that point, I had actively lost weight and I had kept it off. How old so are you at this point? I was eight. No, how old are you when you come home from freshman year? 18 or 19? So like 15. Oh, from college, college. Uh, wow. Yeah, like 19. Is in 2011, I can tell you. Freshman that. year of college. Okay. From that point until now. So it's been like, I think. 2011 10 whatever. Years. yeah no it's, yeah like a little bit short of 11 years which is so crazy to think about yeah I've lost over 50 pounds and kept it off so like five so we graduate college and people start like I start like running into my friends at soul cycle and everyone's like oh you look great blah 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 what do you do what do you do what do you do and it became like it got to a point where it was like oh my god everybody's asking me what I did and I'm like individually replying to everyone and like giving them like workout tips like telling them and I'm like wait I'm doing this with people who like I don't know like mm-hmm. like or like I know on the surface type of a thing so I say to my best friend at the time, I'm like, Tom, like, I really want to start an account like as a central place where people can go and just like get the answers. Like, ev- like where it can be like, oh, wait, how did you lose the weight? Just just look at my page type of thing. Mm-hmm. And my best friend was battling cancer at the time. So um, and then she had created an account because she had used cannabis as her vehicle for helping so like she had created cool. and I was like wow this is so cool we could collaborate like you're doing like that I could do this like whatever and then in typical me fashion I found an excuse for everything like this went on for a month where I was like I want to do this account and then like I couldn't find the name. I couldn't, like, I found every excuse because, like, I'm naturally a shy person. She basically said to me one night, she's like, can you please do this before I die? And I was like, fuck you. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and then the next morning I was in Soul Cycle. I got out of, like, an amazing class. I looked at the wall and it said, hi on sweat. And I was like, this is me. Like, this is literally me. This is the name. And literally right there in Soul Cycle 63rd Street, 7.30 on the – probably it was probably, like, 7.45 because it was 7 a.m. class. <laughs> on – I want. I think it was a Wednesday morning. I clicked live. And I remember I walked into the office. <laughs> I made, like, a Canva – I went on Canva. I made a logo mm-hmm. for myself, like – Literally, like within two seconds, I didn't think about it. Post my first post was the wall high on sweat, high on regular high on sweat, like with one T was taken. So that's why I'm high on sweat with two T's. <laughs> and so it just like started as this place for people to go for tips. And at that point, I was also not showing my face. Like if you look back at my feed, like like I didn't show my face for like months. Because, like, I'm naturally just, like, a shy person. That's a common thing that I hear. Like, a lot of people, they start posting other things until they work up the courage to finally just start posting themselves. And I feel like it comes with the more research you do and the more you're passionate about it, you're like, okay, I think I need to show more of myself because, like, that's what works. Right. Exactly. And so that was a time also when I started where, like, if you had a friend with a big account, and they gave you a shout out, like those followers rolled right in. So like that does not happen anymore. <laughs> oh no. 
So like, that's where I got really lucky because I had a few friends who were in the industry who used to just like give me shout outs and like I would go up like upward, like sometimes like 5,000 followers. Like, and that, that was like, that's crazy. But like, that's how it was back then. And it's so like, I swear, like Jennifer Aniston could post me and I still don't think I would even get 5,000 followers. Like my goal is like for Kim to put like Kim Kardashian <laughs> to like repost something. And like my hope is that like maybe like I'll get 2,000. Like I've just like seen her repost other people and I'm like, wow. Crazy. But like it doesn't, it's like not. So that's how you started though. You had a friend with a lot of followers. They would post you. So it was like collaborations almost. Yeah. It was like, and it was also like we were taking each other's pictures. She had started, she was a bikini influencer. I know that sounds like ridiculous, but (laughs) at that point, like everyone was like, yeah, whatever you could get your hands on, whatever you could monetize, like it was the beginning of influencers. So it just like it, and like one thing led to another and my account grew really, really fast. And I was, when I first started, I had zero interest of monetizing. Like it wasn't like it, I simply created a place where people could go to ask, like to get their questions answered. And my initial plan with it was to share the workouts that I had done by myself, like that I do at home. Mm -hmm. And then as people are on social media, there are mean and I had a few trainers come out me when I first started and said, you really can't be doing this. And I was like, makes sense. Why? And I was a little bit upset, but I fully got it. Like I was mm-hmm. like, they're like, you aren't licensed. And I was like, you're right. Like, <laughs> I'm not. Fuck. <laughs> no, like, I'm not. And if somebody, God forbid, gets hurt on my watch, like. Yeah. Rude. So like. That's when it started to shift into like more like product based mental health. Like it needed at when it when I first launched, it was fully fitness. It was fully my fitness journey. It was shoes I was liking. It was and I I, sw- I think I did sweat cosmetics was like a first one. Like a, one of the first posts I ever did. Just like finding things that were working, and then it of like. It just like kind of took on its life of its own. And I'll say like, I started in March and it like my, remember my first big campaign wasn't until like the following December. Yeah. I mean, that's very normal. Normal. So like, I think people think like you sign on, you work in and it's like done. Especially with TikTok. It's like everyone's, it's the instant gratification and like you can post one TikTok and literally blow up overnight it's like wild I was actually thinking about that last night like people who have just like people who literally have gotten so big on TikTok over the pandemic like where they were exactly two years ago today is like they were like it's crazy that's like their life they were changes right like and now they're they don't have in my opinion like as engaged of a community or I mean it depends on the person but do it's just a different platform but I have there's like so many questions and topics I have from your story so I'm going to start with like the first one that popped into my head you mentioned like everyone was asking you after you lost the weight like what did you do oh my god you look so great and I've had conversations with people a few people really close to me where that have fluctuated throughout their lives and they're like when I'm being praised for looking good or when I'm being asked like what I did and blah 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 like it almost puts the pressure on like oh no I can't gain my weight back like eyes are on me or just like this praise feels so good and maybe I didn't do it in the healthiest way like there's so many you know instances where that can just not feel good or put the pressure on did you experience that or no because you had such a healthy relationship with fitness at this point so yes, I experienced it and I don't, and don't think to this day that I don't still experience it. I have been, obviously like I fluctuated throughout the years. Like we all fluctuate, all of our bodies fluctuate. It's not mm-hmm. like there's no, like it's, it's life. Like Especially we get old as women, like right. with our hormones like, and PCOS and all like it's, it's we're women and it's going to happen. Right. Like our, but it's also just like, normal like you know like everything changes like nothing stays consistent but 
So I was actually on a podcast a few weeks ago and we were talking about, it was like body image, body specific. And the one thing I said to her is that when I've been at my thinnest and people have been like, oh my goodness, what have you done? Like, not like, what have you done? Like to your, like, what are you doing? How can I do it? And I'm like, I don't think you want what's going on because like, what's going on is that like, I used to be my thinnest, like my absolute, like I was obviously my thinnest when my best friend was really, really sick and passed away. And like, trust me, like you want to be this thin, like I'll trade, I'll trade any amount of weight to have life be like, to have my life back. And then I was always like, when I am stressed or very anxious, I, there are some people that overeat. I can't eat. So like, I can't swallow. And there's nothing more frustrating than when you're somebody who's so in tuned with your body and you have this, like, you can't control it. If that makes it like, mm-hmm. or you can't like, you know, you're hungry, you know, you need nourishment, but you physically can't eat. Exactly. But like, and I'll try and get it down and I'll gag just because like my anxiety is so bad that it's just, it's not the case. Like it just, and like when I was doing like my biggest events, like I was running on God knows what, like however many hours is like, and you just like forget, like, and then I was like, and I was also the most miserable when I was doing that. So everyone was like, oh, yeah, we should do this, the Wall Street diet. Like, we want Alana's Wall Street diet because the dinner I used to do was a Wall Street dinner. And it was it was stressful. Like, that was, like, my biggest event. And that's when I always used to, like, get my thinnest. And everyone was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm working out like an animal because I'm so stressed. And, like, what I'm eating is, like, when I can remember, like – when I literally can take a break to remember to eat because like, I'm just working like an animal. And like, then like when I come home and I can eat, I'm too anxious to eat. So like, this is just a mess. Like, Mm -hmm. and I was like, you don't want that. And like, I do have a fear because of like, like how I've like fluctuated. Like I do obviously have a little bit of fear of gaining weight. And I think we all do, especially with Instagram and social media the way it is. And I kind of feel like it's gotten worse through the pandemic. Like, I feel like it used to be like, let's do six workouts a day type of thing. And I don't mean me. I mean, like as a cult, like the fitness culture was kind of like be like, you need to look a certain way, feel a certain way. And I'm like, and we all felt, I think the need to fit into it. And I almost feel like now it's worse. (laughs) In what way? Because I think that people have gotten to a point and please if I don't if that whatever makes anybody happy I hope I do not offend anybody I think that we're putting a lot of emphasis on plastic surgery right now and TikTok again (laughs) yeah and I I think but I think it's becoming a lot more honed in on I think a lot more people we know and it's this is kind of the example that like I use like I don't know if you remember like the pandemic's been like weird but like at one point people were like really embracing their bodies and their role like their roles it was a whole thing that was like body positivity yeah but like people were showing their roles on their stomach and that's great and like literally kudos to you but nobody realized that like for the first time in my life like I never looked like, you know what I mean? I never like was conscious of that, like of my roles. Like interesting. I was just like, all right. Like, you know what I mean? I sit down. I have like, I have roles. It's right. It's- why are we making? And, and that was the message that people were trying to send by showing their roles, like normalizing it, but calling attention to it was like, wait, is this something I should have been ashamed of? Cause I wasn't right. It was something that like was normal day to day. Like, this is my body. This is how my body's been my whole life. Like, and I trust me, the point was great, but for me, like, and I'm sure I'm not the only person, like I started to become so conscious of it. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like when in the past it was like, you didn't think about it. Right. Like, and now I'll be like, my people are doing Botox. A lot are doing lip fillers. And I'm like, 
wait, are these not like, and I'm like noticing and I'm like things that like, I never would have like, I've experienced that or cared about like, because it's becoming so normalized to get lip fillers and go get your Botox and there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing something to feel more confident, but I have experienced that where I'm like, wait, when I like raise my eyebrows, I have wrinkles. Is that a bad thing? I was like, that's just my face. Like I genuinely was never insecure about it, but now everyone else is fixing theirs. Are they looking at mine? (laughs) Right. Exactly. And that's like, it's the exact same thing. It's, it's just like, and I feel like it's like up the ante. Like, I feel like it, like I get that to be like a certain, it used to just like be one way. And like, now it's kind of like taken this, like, let's fix ourselves let's now. Like, and, let's, yeah. like, let's now take it from being like our normal bodies. Let's take it to the extreme. And trust mm-hmm. me, if people want to do it to feel better. Like whatever you got to do to feel better, like go for it. Like literally go for it. Like I'm not somebody who judges, but I will say that like it seeing like if I saw it on one person, fine but like you see like one person after another after another after another after another and it's like oh my god I'm, am I the only one not getting Botox and lip fillers like yeah like and especially like you you have to take pictures all the time like you're always on social media so is that specifically because you do post a lot about fitness do you get triggered by your platform at all not by yourself but like by being yeah. technically like a fitness wellness influencer yeah, like I mean, imposter syndrome is huge. I know that actually. I was listening to it at two thirty in the morning. Um, <laughs> Gail from Sweats in the City yesterday yeah. spoke about like her and like how she had experienced imposter syndrome in the fitness industry. She especially when she first started, and I was like, "Thank you," because we. I think we all feel it. Like, see, I agree with that because I do this as similar to what Dale was doing. I like review workout classes and whatever, but I yeah. actually love that I'm not like a trainer or like necessarily like in the fitness space because that's what people need is like relatable content and like regular people doing fitness for their mental health and just like figuring out what fitness means for them as opposed to just following a trainer where there's a completely different use for that and like people who are certified and like the big fitness people in the industry but then there's like I personally would prefer to follow someone relatable that like I can resonate with. Right. Exactly. And like, I actually want to work out. You and I have to like plan a workout because like yeah. always doing the most like fun. And I've like been like tucked away for the past two years. Like literally when COVID happened, I was like, no, like I was like at when COVID happened, I was at my like full breaking point. It was like, I had just quit my job. Thank God, because I would have been fired. Yeah. Like, because I would have been laid off from the pandemic and like after working my ass off for six years at a company that like I loved, I think that had I been fired, I would have been destroyed. Mm -hmm. Like I just like mentally would have destroyed me. And like, so I had left because I left in November of 2019 because my mental health was so bad and my physical health had been so bad that I had always intended on leaving after this event that I was running because I'm not the type of person to ever drop a project in the middle. Like, I just don't. And especially not something of that this magnitude. Like, to give uh-huh. you like, kind of an example, this was like a 2,500-person event. Everybody in Wall Street is there. Like, if you are on Wall Street and you are Jewish, this is the place you are on the Monday night. And then, like we would raise $40 million. Like it was, it was insane. Wow. Like it was, it, and it was just, I love to do it. I love doing it, but I had this boss. I had recently had a change in boss and this new boss was eating me alive, like truly eating me alive. I don't believe that work is below, that there's anything like below me, if that makes sense. Like if you, if there's the way that I always viewed it is that if garbage needs to be picked up at the end of an event, don't wait for the per like, and you want to yeah, get out of there, get your hands dirty and pick up the garbage because don't wait, don't wait for the other people to do it type of a thing. Like nothing is below you. If you want to get out of there, you got to pick up the garbage. That's what you got to do. And this 
new boss of mine thought that everything and anything was below her. So it was making labels and I was doing all this stuff and she was calling me like she was she was just not respecting toxic. anything, had no idea what I was doing. Like she was she was truly toxic. And it got to a point where like I remember I was like I would have cr- this crippling anxiety going into work. Like I was such a mess. I was crying all the time. Like, and I had planned to leave after the event because like I could, I have the ability to go off on my own. Like, and that had always kind of been a goal, like to save up. And then like, once I was ready to go off on my own, I was going to do that. And that December after that event was the point like where I had done it. And then I remember it was tough because my grandpa was very involved in this event. So it was like, kind of like in the family. And I remember I was like, I have, I can't, if I let this event down in the middle, I'm, I'm done. Like, yeah. I remember he called me and he said, mommy said that you're not okay. And I was like, I'm not like, he's like, mommy said your mommy's really concerned. And I was like, I was like trying to like rub it off. And he goes, you don't need to stay for me. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. And then I remember it was a Monday night and I was like, I was pissed after a meeting. I was like really angry and I wrote my resignation letter and I sent it to my dad. And I was like, this is for December. He goes, no, it's for now. And I was like, no. You're very <laughs> lucky that you had the support from your family for that. Well, no, because he was like, if you don't do it now, you're not sending it ever. And he was right. He knew that if I, he was like, you have to send it. And I was like, <sighs> you can't sit on it. He was like, you have to send it. And like, at that point, like I was really, I was the thinnest I had ever been. I wasn't sleep. Like I was a zombie. I was truly like, I was a walking machine. And like, at that point, like part of the thing that was great about high on sweat and working a full-time job after my best friend had passed away was that I was able to throw myself into work and then and like working two jobs, it was great because like I could go home, I would nine to five focused on that and then would go home and focus on high on sweat and like didn't have to deal with what was actually going on in my life. And I let it bury and go deeper and come the pandemic. And I like kind of like it was at my point where I was like, you can't actually do like you can't work 23 hour days when you're also mentally and physically exhausted, like it just like, it catches up with you. And that was like the time where I like completely slowed down and like was able to like come back if that makes any sense. Like, and I just feel like now, like we're back. Good. I mean, I think there's such an emphasis on like having to work the corporate job and and not leaving unless you have another job. And of course, it's a very privileged conversation, but prioritizing your mental health and you did have a second income, you did have high on sweat and you were able to like get out of a situation that was making you physically and mentally unwell. And you mentioned your best friend passing away. First of all, I'm so sorry. And second of all, if you're comfortable, I I did just want to ask you, I was having a conversation recently and I would listen. So my friend who was grieving sent me a podcast episode to listen to. And it was, they were talking about like how friends can support people who are grieving. Um, And it was a really interesting conversation because it's true when you're like around someone who's grieving, it's like you, everyone grieves differently, right? So it's like, you don't know what's going to make that person feel really good or get you know, emotional or do they want to feel emotional? Do they want to be distracted right now? And that's why, I mean, I'm all for open communication, but I'm, I think it's just helpful to hear like what, what felt supportive to you? Like, how do you like to receive support from friends or family in regards to check-ins? Like, what do you appreciate? So it's interesting because my sister's, one of my sister's best friends just recently lost her brother. No, he just lost his sister. Sorry. And I said to her, I was like, have you called him? And she's like, no, I don't know what to say. I was like, you can't do that. I was mm-hmm. like, you literally can't do that. She's like, I don't know what to say, Alana. And I was like, you you have the conversation high. Like, you start Either. a conversation normally. Like, because the truth is, is that when you're going through, like, such trauma, is that 
you want this sense of normalcy. You don't want the sense that like you don't want to feel you don't want to one feel like you're a burden. So like a lot of the times like talking to somebody like normally is like it makes you feel normal. Like it's just it's you're not talking like it's getting your mind off of it. It's knowing that your friends are still there and supportive because I think that people do really get scared like, and they don't know what to say and they think they're going to say the wrong thing. And I think the only wrong thing that you can say to somebody when they're grieving is to judge them. I think that what was really, really difficult for me was that I was grieving at one point in a sorority setting because she had been, she was my best friend from college. So it was like when she was first diagnosed, it was February of 2014. And like literally she was in school one day and gone the next day, like gone, like packed up. And everyone was like, oh my God, here she has stage like 11 cancer. I hear she is this, I hear she is that. And nobody like, actually like let her friends process like what the fuck was going on like everyone was like in our business everyone was like whatever but I kind of like got that part because like it was very abnormal it was a very abnormal situation and like people were scared and like people had heard a lot of things and there was a lot and everything wasn't clear at that point so like throughout like so that was like the first start of it and then like once she passed everyone all those people who had been missing for those like three and a half years resurfaced and like they were there. And I'm like, great, like, great. Like you haven't been here for three and a half years. Like, thank you for showing back up. And then, but the worst part about it is that there were so many people that she had, whose lives she had touched and which is not the worst part about it, obviously. (laughs) Like she was the most incredible person that like literally ever walked the face of the earth. Like, but, and so like she impacted everybody, but people weren't as close to her as I was necessarily, or just, or maybe they thought they, I don't know, but people had judged where I had been in the process where like, I wasn't over it. And like, I was still like months later, people are like, why aren't you smiling? I'm like, it's not like, why aren't I smile? Like I smile like, but I'm just like, if you're looking at me, like I'm not like happy go lucky right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm dealing with like a lot of shit and like my friend, like a lot of the people that we were friendly with bounced back really, really quickly. And it took a long time for me to do it. And I think that people like being like, why aren't you better now? Why aren't you like this person now? Like we're all better. And it was like, we're all different guys. Like, but don't shame me for still being sad because like truth is like, we're coming up on five years and like, there are some days where like, they still fucking suck. Like there are days where I'm just like, nope, not today. Like not today, Satan. And I think that like, the best thing that you can do, and I also think that this, like, I was very talking to my mom about this, I think, recently, and I said, like, the best thing that Tani and I had did had done when she was sick was that we kept things business as usual, like, the entire time. So people would ask, like, I would talk to her all the time, and I would, then people would be like, how is she feeling? And I would be like, I don't know. <laughs> and they were like, didn't you just get off the phone with her? I was like, yeah. They're like you don't know how she's doing. And I'm like, we kind of just talked about boys. Like we kind of just talked about our day. Like we went on. And I think that's also like what she needed. Like, and she had said like, that's what I need. And I think like that, like post like death, like her passing was what I like, what I needed was just business. Like, it was people to acknowledge it that it was the people that I needed to feel supported. Like I'm here for you to listen to anything without being a burden. I know like, but letting that person, the person who's grieving really take the lead on the conversation. Like all you have to do is reach out and you have no idea. I remember every single person who reached out 
like I could tell you like and you think that you don't remember but like you do like and I my mom has always like said this and I like really do view it to be true is like are you familiar with Shiva like after somebody yeah yeah. I'm Jewish okay I wasn't sure and like (laughs) I, I don't know and like so my mom always says, like, Shiva's not the worst part. The worst part is after, after when it's that, like, silence. Because, and that silence is the most important time when you need, when you can show up for your friend. And it's not, and you don't need to make them talk about it. It's just talking or, like, talking normally. And, like, don't feel bad if they are open to hearing about your day. Let them talk about it. Like, don't feel bad, like, and never feel bad about reaching out. I think that, like, if people don't want to respond or don't want to talk, they'll say it. Nobody, or, like, it'll be obvious in the conversation. Like, there were, like, a lot of times where, like, I don't want to deal with you. Like, the people that, like, reached out. But, like, your closest friends, like, I literally say, like, keep it business as usual. And granted, nobody knows what to say ever. And, like, the right thing is not, like... There's no right thing to say. There's, I mean, there could be wrong things to say. Like, yeah. like I said to my, this was also like, I feel like I'm referencing my mom a lot. Um, <laughs> but like, I obviously do believe that everything does happen for a reason. Like I do. It's taken a long time for me to get there, but I do. And I said to my mom, I was like, and I know I believe this to my core and whatnot, but the worst thing that you could tell somebody who's grieving, like in that exact moment when you hear like that they're like somebody has passed away because this did happen was everything happens for a reason. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, like, don't say everything happens for a reason. Don't say like they're in a better place. Like, don't like if somebody's suffering, I think that like you can say like, I'm happy they're no longer like I'm happy they're at peace or something like that. But like don't go don't go universe. And like I am the biggest believer in the universe. Like I really 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 believe in it. And I believe like that redirect like rejection is like redirection like all of things ha- really do happen for a reason, but like you don't say to somebody like the same reason like you don't say to someone who, when they get fired, like redirection is direct, is, like rejection is redirection. Like you don't say that to somebody in the moment. Like, right. hi, I was just fired. Oh, wait, but rejection is redirection. And that has happened too. And it's just like, guys, like. <laughs> People are tone deaf. It's like, it's like, yes, that may be 110% true. And like as true as they come, but like. Not in the moment. That's not, not what you say when someone's going through it. For everyone. Like there's a time and a place for everything. And that is not the time and the place to like belittle anybody's emotions. And I think like that was also a thing. Like I think that like once I had the space to fully like grieve and get out and like be able to feel the like what I was feeling as opposed to like suppressing it, that made a bigger difference in like how I recovered like and I don't want to say like I don't want to use the word recovery because like I don't feel know how like, you feel about like it's just like a weird like what do you like like what am I do like am I recovering am there's I like no moving on there's no rec- like th- that's not a thing when it comes to grief and I think that's kind of yeah. what you were saying earlier like it's not just like, oh, you broke a leg and then in a few months, like you're recovered and you're going to be fine. Like you're just going to live without that person and everything's going to be fine. That's not how losing someone close to you works. Like you said, five years in, you're still going to have bad days. Like it's not, it's not this thing where you just get over it. And I think when people have never dealt with death before, they might not be able to wrap their head around that. And one of the things that I will say to somebody who's grieving right now, like, from somebody who has been in the weeds of it is that allow it to suck like really like allow yourself to feel it but know that time doesn't heal all wounds but it does and that was something I was also like 
wait, what do you mean? Time heals all? Like, what? Mm-hmm. And I was like, but it does make it better. I will say like there obviously like the first few months after she was, after she passed away, like I was crying every single day, every single night. And I'm not a crier. And I almost said to myself and I said to myself, no, or said to my mom, I was like, am I ever going to like not cry? And like, I remember like the first few weeks after she passed away, like nothing could get me to laugh. And I was like, will I ever laugh again? And my, like, and my mom was like, you will. And the truth is, is like in those moments, you don't feel like you will, but you will. And I promise you that, like, there will be something that will make you laugh. And like, that's where I think like your closest friends are like the best because like, it was my guy friend who like did something like really stupid. And I was like, (laughs) oh my, and like, I, I think I like my, one of my guy friends like did something like really stupid. And I started like laughing and I was like and you remember it now which is I crazy. did because yeah. I remember it was the first time and I was like Adam thank you for doing that because like I'm laughing like I haven't laughed in months like I haven't laughed yeah. in weeks like and like it's this point where like you don't think that you'll ever recover and I think that that person who you lost will always be a part of you they will always have a place in your life but over time, they will weave, like, you'll find a balance, if that makes any sense, of, like, being able to grieve, but also being able to function and accept what's happened and kind of, like, take the higher road on it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. and that was really, honestly, powerful and I'm like honored that that was all shared on this podcast because I feel like that's really going to resonate with someone who needs to hear it right now. So thank you. Like anyone who needs to hear something right now, like I'll, I never forget that. Like I will never forget this, especially like when it comes to like when you're young and you lose a friend, it's like a very scary and lonely place. Like when you're, because it's not like, it's not like you're in like the, grandparent like when you lose a grandparent like you have all these friends that can relate because that's life like it's not normal when you're 25 and I remember she ended up being my boss a few months later but at the time this person who I had been working with but like we were not close at all and it was the day that I had came back to the office and I was like, like I was not coherent really but I was there and she came over to me and she goes I get it. And I was like, okay. And she's like, no, I lost my best friend when I was 13. I get it. And I was like, well, I looked at her like she was the Messiah, like literally. (laughs) And like, cause it was just like this connection. And she goes, if you have questions, please come to me. Like, if you like, I know that this is going to be like a crazy like situation. You're going to have questions and you're going to like But if you need someone who's ever been through that, like, please come to me. And I did go to her and like, we ended up becoming like very good friends because she ended up being my boss a few months Mm -hmm. later. But like, I still go to her and I'm like, will it ever like not hurt? But like having somebody else who's gone through it is so helpful. So if you like, like, that's why I'm always like, if anyone like, I'm by no means a therapist, like, and recommend 110% seeing like, seeking help I am nowhere near licensed but but I do have experience and can like if someone wants to talk off the record I'm always like here to help like I've been there like that is the beauty of honestly the internet and social media like just to twist around on the positive side like you can find someone who's going through absolutely anything you're going through whether it's a health issue mental health and a life experience, like you can find someone to talk to. So I think it's really great that you're open to people just like wanting to chat and like relate and just to feel a little more seen and less alone. Yeah. Because like I, that, that period is so like what I remember from it is just like being so lonely and so confused and being like, 
there's no rule book like I mean there's no like I mean like you can read death books but like what are like (laughs) what are they like yeah in my opinion like I don't like not helpful for you right like and I don't think they're helpful for I mean maybe they are helpful for people but I like do believe that like everyone is different so like 100 percent no two situations are ever exactly the same so yeah that's like well thank you for sharing that I can't believe it's already almost an hour we've been talking but I did want to ask you before we get into the ending segment just a quick question about social media before we get into it what would you say to someone if you were let's rephrase it actually if you were new today starting from scratch wanting to post about your wellness and fitness journey what would you do differently today because like as we mentioned earlier it was a different way to grow right um I would have released a product earlier I know that that's like hard to do but what I would do what I would make sure to do is to have something else for the for aside from just the Instagram account. So like you have the podcast, that's incredible. Like the way that like it is a very up and down space as we all know, like things are changing literally every minute. Like the out al- like you play with the algorithm, like I I don't know, everything like is always changing. That's what it feels like. Um, but just one, keep showing up, find your value and where you are not an expert, but where you shine and find a way that you can come at, like, I don't want to say come, like approach the platform with something that it doesn't have. And it has a million fitness influencers, but there's something unique about you. And that is why people are going to follow you. And that is what you need to be searching for. And once you have that and you have the reason why you're showing up every day, you will be better able to build a community. And I think that focusing on numbers is such BS. Focus on creating community. Don't focus on creating a follower count. Focus on creating a community because you will be so much more successful when you have a community behind you. It also keeps you consistent and wanting to keep showing up because there's a why and you're trying to build a community rather than like getting frustrated that you haven't hit, you know, the next thousand subscribers or followers. So I love that tip. Okay. Ending segment, fun facts and favorites. Okay. Favorite workout class. I'm going to say soul cycle. I'm okay. like a soul cycle junkie. Soul like, cycle girly. Like, <laughs> like, but I, I varied. I go like kind of soul cycle. Then I'll like do Melissa, like do Pilates. I don't, I vary. Soul okay. cycle is kind of like, I don't know, my love. Well, and also like that's where your name come from, came from. So you, you yeah. can't, you can't stop going. <laughs> I, I haven't gone in two years. I just have, I have the bike. I was like, that was like an immediate yeah, their online classes are amazing because compared to Peloton, where it's like all numbers and resistance, it's like Soul Cycle Online is the same as in the class where like it's just about the music and like therapy. And that fun. is why I never that is why I did not get a Peloton and why I never used to ride at Flywheel same. because I did not want and I know everyone was like, Oh, Flywheel, you can take your name off the board. No, I do not want to know. I will end up in such competition with myself. No. Like I, just, I don't that's know. why Soul Cycle's great because you're exactly. not in your head. You're just literally having fun. Exactly. And like yeah. that, I was like, no. I was like, I can't do that. Okay. Favorite podcast. To be magnetic. By oh, Lacey. Love. I just yeah. started the pathway literally last week. I'm like I've started and stopped it, but I need to get more consistent with it. I'm literally on like the how to manifest first workshop. Like I'm very excited about it right now. <laughs> you should be. It's it's amazing. Okay. It's when so do you feel your happiest? When I'm doing the things that I love the most. Like when I really feel like aligned with my value. Love that. Okay. What would be your last meal on earth? Okay, somebody asked me this the other day and I like and they laughed. 
have an answer. So I'm, I'm sorry. But my last meal on earth would be the Focaccia di Sofia from Serafina. And the reason why, and everyone's like, this is the most random thing you could ever think of. And I was like, I don't think it's that random. I've gotten like scallops before. I've gotten way weirder. Okay, so that's good. That makes me feel better. And I, they were like, why do you want this specific focaccia to Sophia? And the reason yeah. is, is because my best friends and I, I've had the same three best friends my entire life, like literally cradle to grave. Um, and that is where we've gone since we were 14 years old. And we have gotten that meal literally since we were 14 years old. And to this day, like that's where we go for birthdays. That's where like, Every big announcement, like literally two of my best friends told, like two out of four of them told us that we were pregnant, that they were pregnant there. Like crazy stuff has happened. And that's my favorite meal ever. I love that answer. On 63rd Street, because like, that's where all the memories have happened. But like, I'll take whatever I can get. I love that answer so much. I love when there's nostalgia behind it. I don't think that's weird at all. Nostalgia. There's just like, I could like go on forever about (sighs) Okay, where can the people find you and everything you offer? So high on sweat, the Instagram account with two T's is where you can find me. I am currently working on updating my bio um, for everything that you can do from shopping the collection that I launched last year. I'm wearing it right now. Um, and I will be hopefully dropping more so that. So stay tuned for that. Everything will be on my Instagram. You can shop all the looks that I have through the links and Amazon storefront. All of that is in the link in my bio. So perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being so open and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.